Hey, today is uh, September 24th, 2020, and uh, you're listening to a special episode looking at the 2020 HFES Virtual Conference. Um, this is Human Factors Cast. I'm your host, Nick Rome. I'm joined by Mr. Blake Arnstorf. I'm so excited for this special look at HFES. Me too, Blake. This is always one of my favorite parts of the year where we actually sit down and uh, look at what's ahead. Um, but before we do, I just got some quick programming notes. and This is going to be our last show before HFES. Uh, so we're going to take a break next week. Um, and we're not, this is going to be like a no nonsense episode. Your time is valuable, our time is valuable. So we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, and kind of break down HFES this year. We're going to take a look at uh, some of the stuff going on. We're going to look at some of the things that we want to attend ourselves. Um, again, we're still kind of, uh, we mentioned this on last week's show, but we're still trying to figure out our schedules uh, with everything going on. It's a little weird right now. Um, we're still not sure what kind of coverage we'll have. We are looking forward to having at least some episodes for you. Uh, at least that week of HFES, we'll have one. Um, maybe we'll have to, we'll kind of see how it goes, what, what we have to cover. Um, but we'll go from there. Uh, before we begin here, I just want to mention HFES is virtual. So that means anyone who's, anyone who wants to go can go. And that's, that's awesome. It's so great. Like, I, I know that this is a tough time for a lot of people around the world, but it's so cool to see the conference go virtual because it just allows so many more people to attend and be a part of the experience. Yeah, so so just to set some ground root ground rules, um, ground Blake work. and I Blake and I are going to be on Slack uh, that week, and we'll set up a special HFES 2020 channel for anyone who wants to discuss anything uh, going on with HFES. It doesn't have to, you know, we don't have to organize and sit at the same talks, but if you see anything interesting, uh, anything like that, um, you know, just jump in there and let us know. Um, it'll, be, I'm hoping. It'll be kind of uh, we might organize something if someone wants to share their screen. We get in on on the same talk, chat or talk or whatever, and just um, that'd be so fun. It'd be I'd a ton love of to fun. like actually do a little Slack, you know, exclusive thing for HFES because it's I I don't know you've talked about this before and I know I have too. Like it's it's part of the beauty of going to HFES is just the amount of interaction, like getting to talk right. to people, ask them about the talk and all that kind of stuff. And I think if we did a little bit of that through Slack, it kind of brings that experience um, a little bit closer to home or a little bit closer to what a lot of people would be used to. And maybe allow people that are in our Slack that maybe don't know that much about human factors or HF, um, they'd be able to see what a conference is like and interact with everybody in the Slack room. Yeah, jump in, let us know. Um, and... Uh yeah, we'll set up that channel, I think, probably sometime uh, next week, uh, right before the conference goes live. So be on the lookout for it. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be fun. Um, so I, I do want to mention some of this uh, stuff that Ron Boring, um, who is not that boring, actually. He's a friend of mine. We've had many conversations. Um, he's the chair of HFES, and he, he kind of outlined some reasons why it's going virtual. Everyone knows COVID's going on, and it's a huge thing. But some interesting points that I wanted to highlight from this was uh, there's more than 500 presentations. Uh, and like every year, you're not going to be able to catch everything. Um, and that's often intimidating for people like me who want to see multiple chats happening at conflicting times. Um, they said, though, this year, the first for first time ever, all the presentations are going to be archived. So you'll be able to go back and watch those sessions that you might have missed in the face to face format. Um, there's no needing to pick the best of, of, you know, eight things going on at the same time. You can back 
uh, you can go view them on de- on demand later. Um, you know, and and this might be a fun thing to do with our patrons too. If there's like if there's interest in something, but the timing doesn't work out for everybody, we might be able to go back and like watch one of these at a later date and just have like a like almost like a book club where you know a little watch party. Yeah, we could we, you know. This might be something we do with our patrons or, or something like that. Um, so uh, kind of make it um, at least a little bit more manageable than having uh, a, a quite a few people in a in a chat, you know. But but if, if you're interested in that, let us know. Um, that'd be a, a ton of fun. So uh, this online meeting platform uh, has a lot of flexibility um, with personal schedules. So, again, like this is the reason why Blake and I are still kind of uh, – figuring out that week, uh, I guess two weeks from now, uh, is because we're not sure what our day jobs are going to look like. If we can attend some of these live, we will. It might just be that we, you know, watch stuff at night and talk about it on a separate podcast. Um, and we, we're not quite sure of the schedules of some of the people that we want to talk to for interviews, if, you know, they're available at all. So, again, we're, stick with us. It's It's weird for everybody, including the coverage. Uh, so uh, I just kind of want to set the expectations. We're not going to have a ton of interviews like we've had in the past. Um, you know, last year we had Svi, our, our field correspondent, go out there and, and do some interviews for us. And the year before we were actually at a booth and we had a ton of people, uh, stop by and chat with us. So it'll be a little different this year. Um, we might not have any interviews at all. So I just, again, want to set that expectation for everybody. Um, and, and, you know, not to disappoint, but, uh, when, when things are back to normal, whenever that is, we'll we'll be sure to bring you the best coverage we can. Um, so uh, no one will see you slip in and out of these rooms. You can access the speaker's paper right there while they're watching it, while you're watching a talk, or even message the speaker, start a conversation. Um, cost of registration is even reduced this year. Uh, I feel like this is a gigantic advertisement for HFES, but it is our sort of profession's. Uh, um, conference and and if you're interested in the the field i highly recommend going and and it's it's all about that networking and it's going to be weird this year but i also really enjoy watching some of these talks so um you know you can uh yeah it's it, it, this this is going to be really different and really fun i think um so you know attend the meeting in your pajamas it's going to be so good. I think it'll be a lot of a lot of like quirks to work out, but I hope that they continue to use this model like for just the fact that they're archiving everything and you could basically watch it later and then really like digest it cuz there's been, there's been so many times in the past where I've gone to a talk, really liked it, but it's like, man, I wish I could go back and revisit some of the stuff that that right. the author was saying or whatever. Um, or share it with people and like use it as a, a talking point at work for applications of stuff that we do. Um, so this is cool. I think there's a lot yeah. of like great things that are going on, even though like the stress of COVID is what's pushing the virtual. But it's gonna be it's yeah. gonna be a fun time. I don't want to take credit for it, but uh, Blake and I have been been speaking as little birdies in the ear for a very long time. Hey, make this stuff virtual. Make it, make record the sessions. Make it available to everybody. And which to yeah. our listeners' credit, a lot of that push came from them too yeah, absolutely. I mean, it wasn't just us saying it it was us being the the voices of it in a in a way that worked but the amount of times you would hear that when we would talk to other people or kids that were coming up and wanting to know more about hf right so this is this is so cool to see in 2020 yeah it's a okay. good thing yeah i agree um okay i want to get into a couple things here so there's um there's a couple things going on there's the pre-conference workshops 
Uh, there's kind of this opening plenary session. There's uh, chats with fellows. Um, and then there's like all the sessions. There's the poster sessions and the um, presentation sessions. And that's kind of where we're going to spend our focus today. I don't know if or how they're handling the um, like job aspect of it. I think they are the, like the, the job fair. The oh, I'm sure they week. are. Yeah. I just don't know how it's being handled. Um, and but you can easily do one on one interviews for that. Yeah. yeah, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe it'll be easier than ever. I don't know. But they usually have that as a resource. Uh, some other things that I, I want to bring up is that they usually have, like, networking events. Obviously, that's not going to be a thing this year. Uh, well, I should I should, it, I should should say it's going to be modified, right? They're going to have these chats with fellows. They're going to have um, networking, virtual networking events, but obviously it's not the same as in person. Um, Just different. The, they usually have the opening night uh, gala where you can – you know, bullshit with the people that you know. And it's going to be different. This is absolutely going to be different. But those are the reasons why I go. And so it's going to be very interesting to kind of see how this all plays out. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, I th- Yeah, it's it's hard because I, I don't think that the main reason people go is for, for papers and talks. I do think it is the networking and going and seeing people you probably haven't seen in years. Or, and that's definitely been my experience in the past or that's what makes it so fun so it'll be a yeah. challenge for sure but I still think we can find ways like creative ways around that like hope it, hosting your own happy hours with your friends in your own home um, and just doing it over Zoom it's not the same it's not as fun but it's it's just different and I, I still think we can get a lot out of this year yeah I agree should we we'll talk offline but we, we should uh, organize something I think absolutely we, we should organize some things some things yeah all right, uh, so let's go ahead and get into this. So, so the pre-conference work, uh, workshops, we talked about this on the show a couple weeks ago when they announced it, but I want to uh, kind of revisit it since we're talking about it now. Um, they have uh, measuring situation awareness in individuals and teams. Uh, they have effectively conducting remote risk assessments. They have ergonomic certification, who, what, when, where, why, and how. Unlocking the potential of international or inertial measurement units for human movement studies, uh, questionnaire design, how to ask the right questions of the right people at the right time to get the information you need, uh, behavioral data analytics of R, home office yes. ergonomic design, root cause analysis of user or, sorry use errors, and assessment of uh, residual risk, and that's it. So there's a lot of them. Some of them are half day workshops. Some of their some of them are full day workshops. Um, they, there are uh, additional resources available for you on the actual HFES 2020 website, and that's HFES2020.com. You can check out everything that we're talking about there. We'll leave a link in the description below for you um, if you want to follow along with this stuff as we're going. We just mentioned the titles here. There's a lot more detail in these workshops to f- you know find out what you're actually going to learn in these um and they're hosted by some some pretty recognizable names too here we have micah Inslee. um you know uh there was another name that i saw in here that was uh <laughs> well-known names i'm blanking on them now but <laughs> they're they're i think they're on that uh the list there but um definitely worth checking out um some of these some of these workshops if you haven't been to one of them before i haven't actually but i've heard nothing but positive things by uh from those who have gone um just hasn't and been from in the my... titles of the talks or the titles yeah. of the workshops this year they seem great like they're 
that we talked about this before, but I was really excited about the day analysis in R because I do a little bit of that now. But even the design, like the updates to some of the method stuff, was going to be great uh, with the with like how you think about designing questionnaires a little bit differently than maybe what you do all, do normally. And then you know I'm a sucker for anything SA related in teaming. So there's just a lot of really cool stuff you could potentially learn and walk away with some applications before the conference even starts, really. Yeah, so that, again, this is all the pre-conference workshops that we're talking about here. Uh, so go check those out. So on Monday, um, and I really like the way they've done the program, um, is, is or, or sort of this, uh, this schedule at a glance, really, is um, they've done both time zones for you, so that way you can see when it starts. Uh, so... 8 a.m. our time, so 8 Pacific and 11 Eastern is on Monday, is going to be this opening plenary session. Uh, it's going to be an opening keynote by Dr. Lori Craner um, from Carnegie Mellon. I haven't, uh, I didn't see anything on the actual website about what the talk is um, about, but... Yeah, I feel like they're still trying to, like, hammer out all of the eh, details. Probably. Yeah, probably. Um and we're on like a one week recording delay too. So um, more details may be out there by now, but, but what we did find is that uh, she did host a keynote for uh, women in cybersecurity last year, 2019. Um, so presumably it'll be about cybersecurity, um, computer science type of thing, which is exciting. And, and I always, I always love the keynotes that they pick out. They're, they're uh, always fun to listen to. Uh, I remember back in 2018, um, they had a keynote basically every day. Uh, but we had <laughs> we had some folks like Nick Adkins with the pink socks and and oh that's uh, right yeah yeah and uh, even you know more more human factors focused ones like um, Ken and the sinking of the El Faro uh, so you know there was some really great talks and I'm I'm really excited to see uh, what this one's all about um, well, it and seems then, like her previous talks have had some personality too because i think the last one she did where at the conference that you're mentioning was called tales of an accidental computer science professor and yeah. if she's in cybersecurity, i can only imagine that, it, that she has some really cool background yeah for sure um so after that keynote talk you'll get the president's remarks and the presentation of society awards that's kind of par for the course um you know those are uh, those are pretty fun to listen to uh in the words of the incoming uh, president of HFES to kind of see where the where the society's going, um, and uh, and then so I guess let's see, well the other thing so I guess we have the next co- sort of like major section of this is the chats with fellows. We can talk about this here. This is going to be on Thursday, and I know we skipped a couple days there. We'll get back to them, um, and this is at uh, two Pacific, five Eastern. Um, and what what chats with fellows is is basically a, a virtual session of that um, sort of posters with fellows sessions that you kind of had before. Uh, so you'll have two HFES fellows um, that kind of discuss an important timely topic um, with a moderator there who is also a fellow. And then participants are able to listen and ask questions on their own. And some of the topics are, are pretty interesting here. Uh, is there a place for practitioners in HFES? Um, Oh, wow. That's a big one. That's a big one. Uh, Has HFES opened themselves enough to social justice? This is something we talked about with Chris Reed uh, on the show a couple weeks ago. 
These um, both feel like topics that we hit on with him, which is very interesting yeah. to see it coming up in like a, a very like public forum for HFES. Yeah, so Chris Wickens is going to be on that social justice one too, which will be which will be fun to listen to. Um, then we have uh, can a human age gracefully in the complex technological world we live in? Uh, that's Karen Jacobs uh, and Sarah Saza. I, I probably mispronounced that. Sorry if I did. Um, and then we got, is human factors in ergonomics a dying field? And this is by Nancy Cook and Peter Hancock, friends of the show. We both had oh, them. Oh, yes. Yeah, we both had them on in uh, 2018. They were, they were good. I'm, I'm going to tune into that one for sure. Um, and then we have, uh, how does HFES lead in the future with our old pal Kermit? Um, so, uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a ton of fun. There's a lot of names I recognize on here. Um, and, uh, I think some very, very interesting topics for Chats with Fellows. Uh, I'll be there. Blake, are you going to be there? I really want to go to this. Is human factors and ergonomics (laughs) a dying field? Yeah. I I think that's such an important thing to think about. Like we're living in a world where like a lot of people in human factors or even cognitive science backgrounds get are getting like UX research jobs. And so the title's not even the same as it used to be. Yeah. So it, it'll be interesting to hear from this community's perspective what they think about the future of HFES and where things should go and are going currently. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Human Factors Cast strives to bring you the best in human factors chatter every week. We pack news, interviews, reviews, and overall fun conversations into each and every product that we put our seal of approval on. But we can't do it without you. You see, the Human Factors Cast Network is 100% listener supported. All the funds that go into running this show come from the listeners. That's why we're giving back to our supporters on Patreon, now more than ever. Pledges start at just $1 per month and include rewards like 24-7 access to our exclusive Human Factors Cast Slack channel, personalized professional reviews, and Human Factors Cast Infinite, a Patreon-only podcast where the topic is human factors, etc. We're always updating our rewards, so stop by patreon.com slash humanfactorscast to see what support level may be right for you. Thank you all, and remember, it depends. And we're back. I just want to thank all of our Patreons for uh, all their support. Your support makes it possible for us to do things like go to HFES. So thank you so much. Um, all right. So so this next part is uh, kind of we've Blake and I have gone through the uh, detailed program and we kind of picked out some interesting topics to us. Uh, that we want to check out. This is by no means comprehensive. This is by no means a representation of everything that's in the program. Please go check that out on your own if you're interested. This is just kind of stuff that if you like the things that we talk about on the show that interest us. Um, and so with that, I'm going to start here and we'll just kind of go back and forth. Um, surprise, surprise. The first thing I have is a uh, VE1, virtual reality immersion and effectiveness. Uh, and there's a couple things on this list that I really find interesting. So this is uh, these chats are uh, or these talks, I guess, are usually just one hour long block of a couple presentations strung together or an hour and a half uh, in some cases. And so I, looking at the types of, of uh, titles in these, you have accuration of time duration estimations and virtual reality, which is a huge one for me, because if you've ever thought about it, right, have you ever, um, I don't know if you've experienced this, but when you put on the headset, you're playing a game and then uh, time dilation just happens. Like you, you spend hours in it and you come out and you're like, oh, it's five o'clock in the afternoon. What happened? 
Um, and uh, I mean, it doesn't happen now because I have a child to care, care for, but like, you know, when I did that, it, you put this thing on and it just happens. Uh, so that was one thing that's interesting to me. Um, you also have uh, safety perception and behaviors during human robot interaction in virtual environments during that same session. Um, stimulate and sense force extensions during virtual patient transfer tasks, uh, task complexity, user experience and functional workload of physically interactive VR system. Uh, so really interesting topics there in virtual reality. Go surprise, like I said, surprise, surprise. Nick wants to go to a, a virtual reality chat. Uh, what? I didn't even know you liked VR, man. Oh That's yeah, awesome. it's so weird. So weird. Uh, what do you have up on your list there? Yeah, so the first track I've got is really focused on human performance and standards. So this is CS2 if you happen to look on the program as of right now. Um, and this has just got a couple of interesting sessions in it that I just I got super stoked on just reading the titles. Uh, so starting with kind of the track that's focused on computer system sessions. So they've got one that's all about the longitudinal study that investigated effects of workload and exposure on 3D gestural hand gestural human computer action interaction so what early in my like grad school work i did a lot of work with different kind of input devices and one that we never got to do a lot of testing with was any kind of like human gestural stuff uh so i i'm really excited to hear what they've kind of seen over time like have we been able to come up with you know gesture patterns that are not as fatiguing and workload inducing as using something like multiple input devices at once or is it kind of the opposite finding so that's super exciting uh, I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to human computer interaction stuff and there's like a talk on standards and I think a common problem a lot of people see in this field is what are the standards that I need to use and apply in my everyday job not just like getting on committees to write them but what standard do I need to look up for the design of the system that I'm working on what's the most important thing so I think it's really trying to get at what how do we create better consolidated standards that we can just use at a very global level. And then bringing in some some of my favorite things when I'm thinking about interaction design. Um, so this is this is like a talk called Patterns of Interaction with Information Sources. And this actually has a, a healthcare implication. So it's a case study of a home healthcare admission nurse completing medication-related tasks. And it's just, I'm really a sucker for development of interaction patterns with information. Um, whether it's like putting it in a UI or like this is, like really focused on how do you create it in a physical sense and then make that applied in terms of how you do do a task quickly so this is just a cool session for human performance and standards something i don't like do a lot of in my own job but it has a lot of application in terms of like standards and designing interactions yeah uh, cool picks man i i i think i also picked the standards at some point too i i really am have nerded out about standards ever since we talked to Chris uh, Reed at the uh, Ergo X a couple years ago because they were just getting in on that ground level with the uh, exoskeleton standards. And that's something that I forgot to mention, too, is that Ergo X is happening right before this as well. Uh, separate admission um, required for that, but it's it's uh, Ergo X was a ton of fun that year we went, man. Um, it was so good. That was just a fun room to be in, and it was just a. It was. It felt brand new and like just such a different vibe and environment than HFES. Uh, it just wasn't what I was expecting. I guess that's the best way to put it. Yeah, if you can go to both, go to both. Uh, I don't know if we'll have any coverage of of, a, of uh, Ergo X this year, sadly, but uh, certainly want to try <laughs> to get something out. Um, who try and figure it yeah. out? Um, all right. So up next, surprise, surprise, I have. Uh, 
another virtual environments. This is system development in virtual environments, though. So this is actually a little um, a little different. There's an additional tag. Uh, it's with the system development track as well. Um, and so uh, you have um, a couple different things here. There's a heuristic evaluative uh, framework for self-regulative self-regulated learning design. So that sounds interesting to me. Um, we got development and testing of an experimental tool to support evaluation of performance and handling uh, competing attentional demands, which is, that blew my mind, that title alone. Um, and, uh, you know, you have, um, you have folks like uh, Chris Wickens on there. Um, so, so that's going to be a good chat. Uh, you have development of human out of the loop participant recruitment, data collection, data handling, and participant management system. Uh, and there is leveling up using the tracer method uh, to address training needs for esports players. So there's some really cool chats in that uh, system development and virtual environments track that I'm I'm really really want to see. Um, and I'm so thankful that like we can just go back and watch these anytime we want this. That's, that's the biggest part of this to me. So, you know what, Blake, I'm, as I'm talking about it now, we might even have more coverage of HFES going into the holiday than, um, than we've had in the past. We might just do like a prolonged thing where maybe we pick something every week and I don't know. We'll see. I think we should. Cause I mean, they're going through my next one. There's just so much that I wouldn't even be able to absorb the first time if I was able to go to all of them in one go. Yeah. So what, what do you have next though? All right, so of course I took on something that I really know nothing about, but it's so prolific in the field that we work in, um, being human factors, user experience, application development. Um, so this is really focused on the cybersecurity track. So this is collaboration, training, and teamwork cybersecurity. And there's just, there's so much in here that I just think is fresh and new content that, you know, people in human factors, it's new. It's a new kind of like sector to be dealing with and how do we approach it from a systems perspective. Um, so some of the lectures that they've got in here are challenges and opportunities and collaborative vulnerability research workflows. One thing that I'm really excited about is it looks like there's been some there's been a preliminary study on something just about cybersecurity and privacy. What does it mean? What does it mean to like provide privacy laws and what does it mean to actually apply them as a human factors practitioner? So that's super exciting for me. Um, got a little bit of modeling and simulation as it applies to cybersecurity and machine learning um, and how this kind of impacts training, evaluation, and future research. That I'm super excited about because I'm, I'm very interested in machine, machine learning and I would love to hear it from like a human factors perspective. Um, and then kind of wrapping that up, it's kind of an interesting but everyday concept of cybersecurity that a lot of us deal with is what makes phishing emails so hard for us to detect, which you would think by now in 2020 that it should be very obvious, but those have actually gotten much more complex and complicated in terms of how they work and how they deceive you. Uh, so that would be an interesting talk. Yeah, I, th that cybersecurity aspect is, is going to be uh, really interesting and something hopefully that, that you can bring back some knowledge with because... I struggle on the show oftentimes talking about cybersecurity just because my knowledge of the of the domain is is often lacking, um, and so hopefully it'll bring back some interesting things that we can talk about there. Um, up next on my list, I have environmental design, um, which I picked for a variety of reasons, but uh, there are some interesting ones in here, um, specifically around the the flat and curved displays uh, for um, computer users. I'm not going to attempt to <laughs> say those, but um, 
you know that that's interesting to me we also have the observations and records of spatial behavior for wayfinding um which is awesome because uh, it's a case study in hospital built environments so they're looking at wayfinding in a hospital which is is really interesting and, and neat to me um you have the impact of task lighting on close visual activities um and in specifically the older adult population um, and then you have uh, uh, who's in the room notifications for intrusions while in virtual reality. So that's Ooh. that's what I want to. <laughs> that's the main reason why I picked that one. But um, I thought I thought a lot of these are, are really cool and relevant, and um, I'm excited for that environmental design track. Absolutely, that's such an interesting topic and like just a very different take on what you think of <laughs> environmental design. I, this this what I ever since I went to the healthcare symposium and did a little bit of coverage by not getting kicked out of sessions, uh, I've really just fallen in love with the uh, ideas that come into how you apply human factors and cognitive psychology in the healthcare world. So I'm always stoked when I see like a combination of a healthcare track that's not only focused on just healthcare and you know system design, but it's also looking at this this track's name is cognition, decision making, and risk assessment in healthcare. So th I just think like patient and patient safety and you know surgical error is a very interesting field because you we I know a lot of people do a lot of hard work in putting the processes in place to try and ensure this is that patients are always safe but things happen and how do you recover from errors and that's a lot of what this entire session's about so we've got a little bit of a provocative risk assessment methodology to enhance patient safety. So reducing the wrong site surgery as a preventative medical error. So that's a big one. So making sure that when you're going into a surgery, you're going in and doing the appropriate thing as you were supposed to, um, which believe it or not, does happen more often than you would expect. Um, and this, this one's kind of interesting in terms of like thinking about the privacy aspect of what we talked about previously for cybersecurity, uh, but also anonymity and questions and answers about health. Um, so that's that, I think that's a really big topic for me in my life anyway, is like how do you ask questions effectively about healthcare to either your healthcare provider without feeling like you don't really know what you're asking. So I feel like this is a system put in place yeah. to help do that. And then uh, breaking it out, we've got some evaluation and prediction of human error in actually a tele an ambulance-based telemedicine stroke assessment so this has become a become a really big topic i think in the past year of course because we're dealing with covid but right. telemedicine is everywhere and it introduces its own sets of problems yeah uh yeah I, i'm really interesting to see what comes out of that health track too it's not something that i would uh go to on my own but um if i could nerd out about it with you that'd be awesome um up next on my list, I have augmented cognition, uh, and this is uh, so designing an augmented reality-based interface for wearable exoskeletons. That's a that's a lot there to take in. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, we have uh, detection and mitigation of inefficient visual searching. Um, let's see here. Uh, I'm looking for the other ones that I flagged. I think that's that's the ones that I was really excited for with uh, the augmented cognition track. What do you have up last there, Blake? Uh, so up last, what do I got here? So this was interesting to me. I hadn't really seen this in um, Human Factors. So this is the title of this track. It's product design. So that's something I'm familiar with from the UX world. That's a like a job title you can commonly get. But this title or talk is actually entitled when user research leads 
leads to design leads design astray and that's like that's what the product design session is about and i think that's a really interesting point of view to take especially for a lot of companies as it's come popular to kind of drive decision making through data Um, and sometimes that data that you gather is not great based off a sample methods based off a timing and sometimes even then you just get it wrong through design so i'm excited because this does like include some people from google coming to give a talk and i think it's a it's a nice way to bring outside people that don't have anything to do necessarily with human factors and work in like much higher level industry and then kind of talk about how research and design are go hand in hand and how they can you know combat each other at times right yeah no that's that'll be interesting um i i really loved uh my chat with aaron when she was um subbing in for you on the show about the the consumer products stuff and so hopefully you know I feel like that would be strongly uh, related there. The last one I have on my list here is is uh, labeled uh, how are they going to handle this type of thing? Um, because for the last couple of years, they've done this thing called me and my VE. And uh, basically what this is, is me and my virtual environment. And again, uh, surprise, surprise, I'm picking a virtual environment track. Um, but... They have no details on here. And what this has historically been is where everyone comes into this room and they they give like a five-minute presentation on their thing and you get to walk around and try out these demos of virtual environment stuff. Um, and honestly, I don't know how they're going to do this. Are they going to distribute the files uh, through the internet and have people with VR headsets able to experience this? Because that seems like there's some, you know, intellectual property issues that go on with that type of distribution. Um, are, are they going to give demos where you actually, you know, like live demos where they do their presentation and then they put on their headset and share the screen of one monitor so that way you can see what the participant sees. Is that what they're going to do? I don't know. There's no details on here. And maybe there's details now um, because, again, we're on this one week lag as we're recording this. Um, but this is something that's interesting me to me, and I'm, I'm very interested to see how you tackle something that historically has been so physical in a virtual environment, uh, or sorry, so physical in a virtual setting for a conference, right? Because there's no way you can get people to actually experience what VR is. And I think that's one thing that's so powerful about these demos is that you get, you get you know, hands-on experience with this virtual reality. So I'm curious to see how, how that's going to go. Yeah, it'll be awesome to hear about how that actually pans out. And I bet you they probably do have something up their sleeve on how they'll tackle it. So it'll be cool to hear about it. Yeah. Um, overall, I'm pretty excited about HFES 2020. I, I was feeling pretty skeptical coming up to it uh, just because of, you know, everything going on. And I've seen some conferences not go so well, um, you know, heading into that virtual format. Um, and, you know, even even like conventions, right? Like Comic-Con online was not very successful. And uh, so it had me a little worried um, I'm feeling actually really good about HFES 2020, and uh, you know I feel like the value of admission is is there, and um, I'm I'm ready for it. Bring it on, man! Absolutely, yeah. I think the the added value of being able to watch the stuff in archive is just gonna make this event a lot better, just because you can feel calm, relax, you can go to the talks you can in between stuff at work and then watch the other stuff in the evenings or later in a week when you have the time. So this is just an awesome format. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think uh, it's it's going to be different for sure. Um, and again, if you're if you're wanting to go, then uh, just leave us 
let us know. We're gonna we're gonna open up that channel in the Slack. Um, we'll have chats going throughout the event. Uh, may not be live coverage in some cases. Might be live coverage. We might have uh, events going on for our patrons. Just let us know what you're interested in. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. So um, I guess you know what that's gonna be it for today. Unless there's anything else you want to say, Blake. I think that's it. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, that's it for today, everyone. That's our kind of sneak peek at HFBS 2020. Let us know what you guys are going to. Let us know what you guys are excited for. Uh, you can join the discussion, like I said, on our Slack or follow us any, all over any of our social channels at Age Factors Podcast. You can always email the show at uh, show at humanfactorscast.com. If you want to, if you like what you hear, want to support the show, there's a couple ways you can do that. Let everybody at HFBS know about us. That is one way you can do it. Leave us a review. The reason this helps is because it helps kind of people find the show if they're interested in it, and it helps uh, people know if it's something that they might want to see. Um, if you're financially able, you can always help us support on Patreon. That does help us go to things like this uh, HFES, right? It helps us go to conferences. If we get, if we had 100 patrons, we'd go to every single conference there was, um, and that would be a ton of fun, but we just don't have that level of support. But we could change that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank Mr. Blake Arnstor. And, of course, you can always reach us on our home on the web, humanfactorscast.com. I forgot about that one. I want to thank Mr. Blake Arnstor for sitting here and breaking down HFES 2020 with me. Where can our listeners go and find you if they want to talk about one of these interesting topics? Guys, please hit us up in the Slack during that week so that we can talk through some of this stuff. You can always get me at Blake in our Human Factors Cast Slack. And if you want to talk across social media about anything coming up in HFES or stuff that you're looking forward to, you can hit me up at Don't Panic UX across social media. As for me, I've been your host, Nick Rome. You can find me across social media at Nick underscore Rome. Thanks again for tuning in to our preview of HFES 2020 uh, on Human Factors Cast. Until next time, it depends. It depends. Spacecraft, railway locomotives, nuclear submarines, healthcare, jet aircraft, these are all examples of highly technical systems and organisations, and all have one particular thing in common. They all involve humans. Humans who want to do amazing things and are using technology to achieve them. They all have something else in common. They have amazing people ensuring that the users who are involved can do what they need to do, are safe when they do so, and have the optimum user experience. These people are Human Factors practitioners, and on 1202, the Human Factors podcast, they talk to me, Barry Kirby, about what they do, sharing their career paths, highlighting their ideas and best practices, and fundamentally raising awareness of our discipline. Find us on 1202podcast.com, on social media, and on your favourite podcast directory, because it's more than just common sense.